You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Big Blurt. I am uh, your host, Rob Coletti. How's it going? I'm here with my best friend, Bill Mankey. Bill Mankey Doodle Dandy. How you doing, Billy? I'm great, Rob. Thanks for asking. How are you? Nice Titleist hat. Bro, Looking good. It's quickly approaching. Mm-hmm, I that's true. Gonna the links this summer for sure. Also busted out my electric scooter. Because it's going to be 60 degrees in Chicago next week. Whoa, that's shorts weather. I know. Well, it's 40 degrees, so that's shorts weather. If that is shorts weather. Yeah. February. Um, where we had like 25 straight days of negative wind chill and snow. So thankfully that's done. Uh, we have a big episode for you today, folks. Uh, we're going to talk about spring training expectations. We're going to talk about twenty-one season, 2021 season predictions and so much more. But first... We're going to do a little uh, off-season retrospective. Now that the season is over, Bill, we've talked a little bit about this, obviously, with the acquisitions we made and the players we let go. McCann is gone, but we did bring in Lance Lynn and Jonathan LaCroix and Tony La Russa and, of course, Liam Hendricks to replace Alex Colome. Uh Just straight off the bat, do you think we've done enough? Um, no. No. I think you... <laughs> Right. And I think this has been said a lot of times before, but, but you, you wanted a guy that could really, and uh, pardon my lack of, or my uh, pun here, but uh, put the ball over the fence. Yeah, You know what I mean? Not just another home run hitter, but I mean, a guy that like is super dependable, like George Springer, like that type of player uh, that can really drive in the runs. And uh, unfortunately we didn't do that. Did we add pieces to help us win? 
Absolutely. Do sure. I think we're going to win 88, 90 games? Totally. Um, but I really think that there could have been a lot more money spent on a bigger player. And maybe they're saving that for, for players in the off season. Maybe they're saving that for, for bringing in people uh, well, during the trade deadline. Alito. That's what I'm, this is my biggest concern at this point, Bill. I, I, I'm concerned that the White Sox have now waited too long to resign Lucas Giolito and they've priced him themselves out of his market because he knows what he's worth. And this man is, this man is by far our best pitcher and he's 26 years old. This kid is going to get a $300 million deal without a doubt. So, you know, I don't know that Jerry Reinsdorf is going to cough up that kind of cash. And I, I, if there's anything that doesn't happen that, that hasn't happened that should, it should be that. And if the White Sox don't re-sign him, I actually think that that ultimately might be worse than trading Fernando Tatis Jr. Because at the time, you didn't know what FDF yeah. would be like. You just, yeah. He was 16 years old. I mean, he was literally a child. And, you know, Lucas Giolito is already a dominant pitcher who knows exactly how to throw, where to throw, and he has great command of his stuff. He's going to be an ace for years to come. Um, so all, all this to say, Billy, if, I think if the Sox don't bring him back, it's just going to be a massive, massive error. I agree that we, more money could have been spent. And ultimately at the end of the day, I've been thinking about this a lot. You know, I, mean, I think like, I think that like, really the Sox are going to be just fine. I don't think they needed to do more. I agree. 88, 90 wins for sure. I would certainly hope so. What a major disappointment if they don't, but, um, you know, I, I totally agree with you. I think that uh, uh, not enough was quite done um, to to push them into the elite stratosphere. I do think they can still win. I mean, the Nationals won without Bryce Harper. And, uh, you know, obviously everybody – it's momentum, right? It's all about what you're doing at the time you go to the playoffs. But, you know, I, I, I'm I'm in that train of like, God, imagine what this lineup would have looked like if – it doesn't have to be, you know, George Springer. Imagine if they had traded like – you know, Jonathan Stever and, uh, you know, Gavin Sheets for like Anthony Santander, who I, I wrote a piece about the White Sox in our lineup, but he's not like, he's not like a game changing player. It's not like he's going to walk into the lineup and he's going to, you know, hit 350 and not launch 60 bombs and hit 150 rib RBIs. He's not that kind of a hitter, but he certainly is a plus switch hitter who would have played right field really well. He's a gold club nominee. I mean, the guy's great. Uh, and it could have just been someone in that realm. Honestly, uh, you know, I, I would have liked to have just seen someone come in that wasn't Adam Eaton. But well, I think the biggest guy that was on the market right now, Jackie Bradley Jr., he's rumored to be going to the Brewers, which is kind of upsetting. But we put ourselves we, in a pickle when we when we signed Adam Eaton without really. because Jr. can be an excellent contact hitter. And absolutely. I think that he's I think he's better than Adam Eaton. Probably, career, probably like, right now. Yeah. yeah, but 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 with Adam Engel already there and on his way up and improving and 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 getting to the potential that he could be considered a, a starter, uh, signing Adam Eaton put us in a spot where we don't re- we couldn't. There's no point in getting another guy because then they just you have three people that could play right field and then you lose Adam Engel and then unless you were going to trade him, but that doesn't. I mean that. So we kind of put ourselves in a spot where like we're not going to go get anybody. And I think that was, the, uh, at least I, I figured that would be the case the moment we signed Adam Eaton. Um, and I hope he shows up and I hope he gets back to his 2016 form. And I hope he gets back to what he was with the White Sox, but we'll see. We'll, yeah. you know, TBD on that. But at the same time, you know, going forward with this team, 
I, I do see a lot more good than bad, but what do you see now? Now the off season is over. Do, do you think going forward that there are moves that will be made at the trade deadline uh, or, or sometime before that? Do you think uh, there's a free agent that hasn't been picked up yet that might still be on the market that maybe would fit at some point? I don't know. Is, is there something that you can see going forward that makes sense for the Sox? Well, I know, I know that uh, the Sox were looking at Suspedes, the older one. Joanna Suspedes is right. Yep. And uh, I know they're looking at him. He's 35, maybe as a DH. I don't know. He's got good contact, but his fielding isn't that great. Um, I also really think that, that power, though. I just, I have a feeling he's going to turn into an Edwin Encarnacion and just launch my fly balls 250 feet. Don't, you know? I wouldn't even touch him at this point. Uh, I think that there's um, a good possibility that there's going to be a trade uh, at the trade deadline for somebody, another strong pitcher. Uh, to bring in there but there's also been talk about uh, and we'll get to this later too uh, Kopech uh, possibly even moving into the starting rotation after starting the year in the bullpen all indications seem this point to him and um, Garrett Crochet kind of like rotating in and out of the rotation from time to time from the bullpen which yeah I mean huge man by the way that'd be great and uh, I know Chuck Garfine from uh, Comcast Sports Next uh, did a, a tweeted today that Crochet and, and Kopech were playing catch with each other that their mitts oh, yeah. feel sorry for their mitts. You love to see it, baby. You love to see it. Um, but I, yeah, I think they'll, I think they'll make a big yeah. trade no matter if they're, if they're, if they're on top of the division by a lot, I think they'll still make a trade to, to solidify it and, and give them a great playoff presence. And even if they're, if they're a game under or a game over the twins or the Indians, I think they'll still make a big trade no matter what. Either way, I think they're going to do something. They have to. I think there will be a couple of players to keep your eye on. I think Sonny Gray in Cincinnati and uh, Luis Castillo in Cincinnati will both probably be on the move at some point this year, assuming um, the Reds, uh, who is the team of our good, dear friend of the show, Luke Knoll, um, mm-hmm. assuming that they don't quite make the playoff push uh, by the trade deadline. Um, I also would be really interested to see if the White Sox can make a push for someone like Zach Gallen from Arizona. Um, I, I think at some point a pitcher is going to need to come in um, I think the White Sox would probably prior, or at least Jerry Reinsdorf would prioritize that over another outfielder, assuming that the offense we have in place is effective. Which, you know, if you think about it, you know, Tim Anderson, Yoan Moncada, Jose Abreu, Ilo Jimenez, Yasmani Grandal, Luis Robert, uh, Nick Madrigal, and Javon. I mean, that's eight, that's eight murders row hitters. So, I mean, right. it's not like there's anything that's really missing in the lineup. It is. We we still don't know about Andrew Vaughn, and I would argue that it's still essentially a seven man lineup with two question marks. But those question marks are becoming less and less question mark shaped by the day, and they're kind of turning into exclamation points, which makes me very I, happy. I would give on the off season, in retrospect, a the Sox a uh, B plus A minus territory. B plus probably a majority. Yeah, I, I would say the B plus is about about spot on. Uh, while, while we're talking about grades, though, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that the White Sox so far in this spring training, even though they haven't won very much uh, in spring training, their their spring training is like so far it's like getting an A. They, they as a team have looked really good. The chemistry is high. Larusa has really shown up in a great way. Things kind of look good out in Arizona, don't you think? 
Uh, I would say as far as the players that are supposed to be good are yeah. doing well. They yeah. are, they, uh, Jimenez is doing well. Robert is doing well. Giolito, he threw a few, he threw a beautiful pitches, uh, against the, um, what did he play the, against the, uh, Rangers, I believe. Right. Um, and then Lance Lind, which was a tough game, but you have to remember too, these guys are without a doubt, this team is just, it's a bunch of, we're, we're figuring those question marks out. Yeah. And, and Larusa is letting players that, aren't major league ready, get some tick. And I love that. I love that Berger played third the other day. I love that Gavin Sheets has been in the lineup. Honestly, this is exactly what spring training should be for. It's an exploration version of a season where you get to test these things out. Can I also just say that uh, props to Jake Berger because that guy has been turnaround a lot. Great, he hasn't even great. played. Yeah. Played, lost 40 pounds. Hasn't played in two to three years. And he's a top and, 100 prospect not long ago. And uh, the injury is what brought him down. I'll tell you what, this time next year, this kid's back in the top 100. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. And I hope, and I hope he is because he's a, he's a cool dude. And uh, obviously he didn't get to play last year because uh, uh, COVID, but, and, and the injury, but, but he looked great. I mean, he looks so much, so much uh, more, I guess he's just like, like a lot more fun. He was having a lot more fun and it wasn't necessarily on his mind. Absolutely. All right. Well, just out of curiosity, uh, who of the team leaders, you know, the Anderson, Abreu, Keuchel, Lynn, Grandall, even LaCroix, I would say, of the team leaders, who do you think is going to have the best spring training and who needs to have the best spring training? Um, so, uh, honestly, I think that uh, LaCroix needs to have the best spring training. He's got to have the best. He's already training. had a great spring training so yeah, far. Yeah, he has. But so is Zach great. Collins. Zach Collins had a dinger yesterday. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but I also think that um, Lacroix needs to show up because he's uh, he hasn't proven himself in the last few years. He didn't even play last year, right? So well, let uh, me ask you something. Speaking of Zach Collins, all right, let's 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 talk for a second here on the real, Bill. I think Yerman Mercedes is better than Zach Collins at this point. Do you agree? I think Yerman, I think Yerman Mercedes makes more contact than Zach Collins for sure. He's a better hitter. I should say yeah. that. He's a better hitter than Zach Collins. Zach Collins will hit 450 foot bombs. There's no doubt, but he's, he doesn't have the contact rate that Yerman Mercedes does. Yerman Mercedes looks really good in the Dominican league and he has looked really good so far in spring training. He does. Either one of those guys is trade bait. That's what I'm saying. I, honestly, I, I'm hoping Yerman Mercedes is. Listen, he he's like Diner Navarro, but a better hitter and a better catcher. Sure. Diner Navarro was a top ten catcher for like three years, who we traded for Colome, right? Isn't that who isn't that who we traded him for? To Seattle? Am I wrong? Yeah. 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 Um all right. Well so of the vets, you, you think it's gotta be LaCroix. I, I'm I'm saying the player who has to have the best spring, not because of uh, the reason I'm going to say this is actually my, my, I was going to say Lynn initially, but the truth is he's probably the most proven pitcher in our rotation. So of, of the team leaders, I think Abreu has to have the best spring because of the COVID, you know, I, I'm hoping that it's not serious, but he'll probably need to work through that a bit like Moncada did last year. And speaking of Moncada from players in the brink, 
you know, the Moncada, Jimenez, Luis Robert, Lucas Giolito realm of players, you know, Giolito, who is right there, essentially almost a vet, you know, a proven vet. Uh, of those four guys, who do you think has to have the best spring and who do you think is going to have the best spring? Uh, Jimenez is going to have the best spring. Okay. And Robert needs to have the best spring. After last season, he t- he tailed off at the end there, and it was kind of a, a disappointment, and it sucked because this guy is supposed to be what the next Mike Trout is what everybody's saying, but he wasn't. He was right away, slowed down, fell apart, um, still a very good baseball player and will be a very good baseball player, but he needs to kind of like refocus his efforts here. Uh, and he's been doing that. He's been doing that. He's been hitting. He's been hitting the ball hard in spring yeah. training, and he's been doing great. Um and I think uh, Jimenez is just like making contact and, and he's yeah. doing really well and he's already wearing his Jersey in midseason form. So he's, he's solid. Yeah. Jimenez without a doubt is going to have a great spring. I think Giolito is going to have the best spring when he finally gets to have, you know, like a, a few innings out there. He already looks great. Um, but I think he's going to have the best spring. I think Moncada needs to have, needs to have the best spring because obviously COVID derailed his year a bit last year, and and rightfully so. It was a shortened season. COVID is terrible and really obviously has a major effect both on the physical and the emotional part of your life. Um, but you know, from from what I hear, he's doing much better. And you know, if he can if he can build some momentum early, uh, I think it'll work to his favor. Um, of the youngins, same question, Bill. Who who needs to do great and who's going to do great? Madrigal, Vaughn, Kopech, Crochet, of those guys. Uh, so I would say uh, Vaughn's going to do great and Vaughn needs to do great, yeah. if I can do that. <laughs> great answer. Yeah. Uh, he hit a bomb. He hit a bomb the other day, and uh, it was nice to see. He's a, He's got a beautiful plate presence. Oh, man. Uh, that bomb th- hit the other day, too, was basically at his chin. I mean, yeah. he, he didn't even make excellent contact and he got ahead of it. His hands are quick. His waist turns at the appropriate time. I mean, that man knows how to hit the ball. And Abreu, Abreu speaks so highly of him. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so encouraging to see that, that, that our guys that are, uh, that are veterans and have been up for a while are looking down on these young guys being like that. Abreu, it almost seemed like Abreu was like, this guy's going to take my job eventually yeah. and i want to be able to help him yeah. it's nice to see that it's so encouraging to see because obviously white Sox fans over the last year or so have put so much pressure on themselves because we know we're going to have this or we have the potential of being this dynasty so to see that to see vaughn in the sh- not in the shadow but uh following behind abreu and learning from abreu is so nice to see agreed and you know what else is nice to see is this return of the kind of like the X factors on our team to this new renewed feeling this season, the chemistry, you can see it out there. There are a few players that really stick out to me as kind of like the potential X factors this year. And for me, it's Dylan Cease, Carlos Rodon, Yuri Garcia, Adam Eaton, and Adam Angle. And of those five players, I think, I think any five of them could kind of be boom or bust. I mean, I think Dylan Cease is probably his floor is the highest. I think if he has, a bad year for him, it'll look like last year, which, you know, it's, it's fine. It's not replacement level. Or you, you, you wouldn't want to replace him in the order, but you certainly, or the uh, pitcher rotation, but you certainly, you would hope for a little bit more. But otherwise, you know, Rodon can even stay healthy. Uh, obviously, when he does, he's incredible. 
some of the best pitching performances of the last 10 years belong to Carlos Rodon in White Sox history uh, or the, the White Sox last decade. And, uh, you know, Larry Garcia, when he's healthy, that kid has a cannon. He can run the bases. He gets for contact. And then the Eden Angle thing, either could be great, either could be terrible. Who, who needs to have the best spring? Who's going to have the best spring? So I think I'm going to say that Lurie Garcia, Adam Eaton, and Adam Engel all kind of have solidified their spots because they are not starting. They're not competing for starting. I mean, Adam Engel and, and Adam Eaton, for, they might be, obviously, but we – right. yeah. yeah, they're going to platoon, but Eaton's going to get the opening day start. We know that, yeah. and Adam Engel kind of kind of knows that he's going to be the bench guy for a little bit going back and forth. Um, Lurie Engel Garcia, will get, I think Engel will get some – some decent playing time though. I, I think imagine, so too. I imagine he'll start in the 50 to 60 games range, which is. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I think that I, th- Adam Engel is, is a good, like we've said before a thousand times, this guy's great. He's a good ball player and he's only gotten better. So I think, I think we're going to see a lot more of him for sure. And he's, it, also, the more- he's going to pinch hit a lot too, Billy. He's going to come yeah. in. He, he hits lefties really well. Yeah. Um, as far as Lurie Garcia goes, uh, he's, he's a solid guy to have as a replacement, you know, for second base, third base, any, anybody in the infield, really. Um, so you're looking at two guys that need the, for the X factor situation. Uh, Cease, I think, uh, needs, or I, he needs to have, actually, no, he ceases, Cease is going to have a good sprint because I think I, I like what he's been doing with cats. And I think we're done needs to have a good spring that makes perfect sense because the Sox are like sure we'll throw you a bone we'll sign you for a one-year contract right we need you we, we, need the answer we yeah sure. yeah so yeah well of of the youngins I think um I think that my answer is identical to you I think Vaughn is needs to have a good spring and is going to have a good spring for the x factors I think you know for me I think um Adam Engel needs to have the best spring because it would really put pressure on Larusa to give him time over Eaton. And I think, like you said, Eaton's going to have that advantage just because he's the recent signing. He's the lefty bat. He's the veteran. He has that scrappiness the Sox were looking for. Um, but who I think is going to have a great spring is Larry Garcia. I think he's going to, he's going to have the most opportunity of those guys to play a bit. And, um, you know, I think he's excited to show everybody what he remembers how to do and, he knows how to do quite a bit. We're going to take a really quick break here, guys. Uh, stand by for a little bit of uh, that little ad break that comes in every now and then. Um, but uh, we'll be right back, and we're going to talk about the uh, 21, 21 predictions for the season. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best it's possible pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line it's possible complex specialty care that cares about your roi it's possible 
because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome back, guys. I hope you are going to buy whatever it is you just heard the ad for. Uh, or don't, you know, spend your money how you want. Uh, Billy, listen, 2021 is approaching really quickly. We are just a few weeks away from opening day. Um, just out of curiosity, who do you think is going to be uh, the top performer or who are going to be the top performers this year for the Sox? Okay, so top performer for the White Sox, uh, home run-wise, I'm going to go Jimenez is going to be home run over Abreu. Abreu will be number two. Um, Batting average, obviously, Tim Anderson, solid. Um, RBIs, I'm going to go – I'm actually going to go Abreu with RBIs, uh, a little better uh, at at base hits than Jimenez. And then uh, for pitching, top performer, um, strikeouts, Lance Lynn uh, wins Giolito. Right. So listen, solid, safe picks. Uh, for me, you know, I'm looking at, at this team and I go, th- there really isn't a, a lot of places that I'm super concerned about. The places I am concerned about, I'm really concerned about. But uh, generally speaking, I think no matter where you look in the field, there's someone great. No matter where you are in the rotation, there's someone solid going out there. I think ultimately, I think Jimenez is going to make a big step forward this year, but I think we're going to look this season. I think if Moncada can build momentum early, I think Juan Moncada is going to be the the player that surprises everyone this year. I mean, we have to remember this was the number one prospect in all of baseball three years ago. And the year before last, this is a 300 hitter uh, who can be a 30, 30 guy who obviously is a gold glove caliber third baseman. He is, 23 24 years old i mean he is an absolute monster and he just put out an album i mean the guy's on fire i i'm my top performer uh at least hitting wise this year i'm i'm gonna go out on a limb i'm gonna say my boy yo-yo i think i think he's gonna come to the plate and do some damage i'm i'm gonna go ahead and say he's gonna approach that 300 mark again and and i think that it's not out of the realm for him to hit 30 homers 80 RBI and 2025 stolen bags this year. He's going to be an all-purpose contributor and uh, he's going to have a great defensive year. I just keep thinking about, you know, Tony LaRusa and, and like Scott Rowland, you know, how all the things that Tony was able to provide defensively for the Cardinals during those era, they're in that era. And, you know, Yo-Yo is definitely going to probably want to take advantage of that. Uh, pitching wise, I think Lucas Giolito is obviously probably going to be the top performer, but just, just to play some devil's advocates, devil, do a little devil's advocacy here. Uh, I'm also going to say, I think Dallas Keuchel is going to, listen, he's getting better with age. This is a man who does not need to throw hard, who hits his spots better than just about anybody in the American League. And I'll tell you what, he showed he can be a leader last year with a full season and a manager like Tony La Russa. I, I, see, I see a Cy Young caliber season. I, I'm seeing 15 to 17 wins for this guy. You, I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I think Dallas Keuchel goes, uh, he's un, he's not talked about enough when it comes to the White Sox rotation. He had a rough year a couple of years ago. And a couple of years ago, yeah. Him, you know? Last year, what? He had super low, he had a two-something ERA to end the season. He, the, in his a couple two games, losses, I think I read recently that in his two losses, he only gave up like one run in each of the games. Yeah, yeah. and it was not, it was not his, his fault. fault. Yeah. Right. And so like, when you think of the pitching staff, White Sox people, because we just brought in Lynn, people are kind of people are saying, "Oh, uh, you know, 
Giolito and Cease, but they forget about Dallas Keuchel, and that guy's so good. Oh, he's man. so good, and we have him for two more years. Yeah, we're so lucky to have. He, and listen, here's the other thing: he's not going to like get worse next year either. We very well, he might be the type of guy that you know you you, you try and keep around because what he has that somebody like John Danks did not have is pinpoint control. John Danks relied on that fastball sizzling a bit, and when it stopped, that's when he started to get raked. Dallas Keuchel hasn't thrown a 92 mile an hour fastball in like three years, and he's doing just fine. I'm, oh yeah, I'm really excited about the prospect of him. Who do you think is going to underachieve this year? Uh, well, you know, I I, uh, I don't want to say it, but I think Michael Kopech. I think he's going to have a hard time bouncing back. I really hope he does. I hope and you're I hope so wrong, Bill. I hope I'm so I wrong, and I don't so like wrong. saying it. Uh, cause it's easy to, it's easy to say Eaton. It's easy to say Angle, and it's easy to say Garcia or those guys. Oh, yeah. um, if, I mean, if, if Rodanza in the rotation or in the bullpen, I think it'll be him, but, but I don't think he will be to start out the season. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it will be, uh, yeah, that's I, what I'm going to go with. I'm, I'm, I'm going to upset you a bit here. Um, I think Tim Anderson is going to have a down year. You think? Okay. You know, it's not that I think he's incapable of sustaining what he did. I think that um, it, it'll it be a good year, but compared to what he can do, people will look at it and say, why isn't he hitting 380? You know, I think um, it, it, it will depend a lot upon two things. How many lefty matchups do the White Sox get? If they if we are left, lefty matchup heavy, I still – I could see T.A. hitting 30 bombs. I mean, this man can absolutely – punish the ball if he gets around on it but um you know what really concerned me towards the end of the season last year is you know he spent three three weeks basically getting like one hit and you know if he gets in his own head like that again i think he might get in his own way i hope i'm wrong but that that's my bold prediction for who i think might underachieve a little bit um and pitching wise you know i just carlos rodon i I just don't i I don't see rodon coming around um you know uh who how do you think the pitching staff is going to do the, for what, what will they do for the team this year? Well, I mean like you, okay. So you said Keiko's going to have what 15 wins. That's what you're saying. I'm hoping it would be great. I'd like, I mean, I think he's capable of winning 20, but the, you know, I think the question is what the matchups are going to be like and how, how, mm-hmm. you know, how is he utilized Larusa? You know, he loves to go to the bullpen. So, you know, will they be quality starts? Uh, there, are, there's a lot up in the air, but I certainly oh. think he can. Yeah. I think I think it you know I think our bullpen is definitely safe with Kopech and Crochet in there. I, do, I really absolutely think that, um, and I think it depends on who's the number five, who's the official number five. I mean, I I think our pitching staff, our starting rotation is going to do great up until I don't want to say Cease because I think Cease will have twelve wins maybe. Um, yeah, but but whoever number five is really is like that guy that can push us over the 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 twins by a game or two. And that's what Lopez could do. That's right. what, um, that's what Rodon couldn't do. Right, right. And so I think that it depends on who our number five is, but I think our first four, I think our first four guys are going to have 12 plus wins. I think Giolito could be, could be uh, 16 to 18, Keiko 15, Lance Lynn could be up there by 15. Um, it just, I think it all depends on, again, our offense too. Because our offense showed up in our seven, eight, nine innings of all last year. That's when the offense really took off. I think we had the highest, uh, or the highest run production in those innings last year, which yeah. is amazing, which is great. But that's not when the starters are in. Right. So that's the thing that stinks, you know, uh, for a starter on the White Sox. 
But if we can get our run production up earlier in the few, in the first few innings or in innings four, five, six, I think we'll have a good chance of having those the starting pitchers all win at least twelve plus games. That'd be great. I mean, uh, I'm going to float a little idea. Actually, something I was thinking about. I, I wonder if you know this talk about Jake Berger. I, I wonder if there is a world in which he really impresses, and Larusa says to Jerry, "I want him as my guy." You know, I want that power bat uh, at the corner uh, to come up. And that makes Nick Madrigal a trade piece. I wonder if there's a world in which a trade package built around maybe Nick Madrigal and Jared Kelly is put together at some point during the season to bring in someone like a Luis Castillo or a Zach Allen. That, th- that's where my brain keeps going. And, I, you know, I wonder then, does Moncada go back to second? Do you move Berger to second? Um, there are a lot of options and actually I think it kind of shows you just how smart Rick Hahn was in the building of the depth of this, this team. There's a lot of infield depth as well as outfield depth, which is not always the case. Um, I think that that scenario would be one, two years down the line. Cause you gotta, you gotta look at it. You gotta look at how Jake Berger's doing in his first year down in, yeah, you know, we'll see. I mean, listen, if, if Jake Berger goes, uh, down to, double a and the rockets up to triple a real quick and then absolutely pummels triple a pitching and you know nick madrigal is doing so so and um you know the team needs a starting pitcher i'm not gonna be shocked if something like that happens uh we, we've talked about this a little before uh, i think in our first episode we discussed our our predictions for what will happen in the season uh, and and the playoffs, but what, what teams aside from the Sox, do you see going to the playoffs this year and who would you like to see the Sox get matched up against? Um, I don't want to see the Yankees. That's the one thing I don't want to see, but I, but I think that we can pull out a win. It would just be a long series. Uh, uh, I, I see the Yankees going to the playoffs. I see the blue Jays maybe creeping in in the wild card just because they'll probably be behind the Yankees or the one of the top three American league teams. Um, White Sox, I see going to the playoffs. I see the Dodgers going to the playoffs over the Padres. Padres maybe sneak in with, with the wild card. Um, oh, I think, I think the Padres are going to run away with the wild card. You, you think Go with I, the wild card? I think, I think the two best teams in baseball are the Padres and the Dodgers. And sure. uh, I would say the White Sox are like three or four. They're in that talk. I think Yankees are right there as well. Um, but you know, for me, I think everybody's like really excited because 19 times a year, we're going to see the Dodgers and the Padres explode on each other. And, you know, I, I give the pitching staff edge to the Padres. Everyone's saying it's the Dodgers have the best staff, you know, Kershaw is not getting younger. I expect some regression from Trevor Bauer. Walker Bueller can't do it all on his own. I think Julio Urias has a lot to prove before he can really be seen as a guy. But, um, you know, the the Padres have literally six aces. If he, Mike Clevenger isn't going to play this year, but assuming he somehow miraculously comes back, they have six ace pitchers. I mean, it's just – it's unfair. Um but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that at, – listen, I agree with you. If the Sox play the Yankees, there's, that's trouble. But honestly, otherwise, like, I really like just about every other matchup in the American League. I'm not really super concerned about anybody else. Totally. Um, uh, really quick, too, b- before we uh, wrap it up, something came out this week, Bill, that has me absolutely losing it. Uh, 
the online gambling did this incredible piece about which MLB fans drink the most. And somehow the White Sox won. We are number one in something and it's getting drunk. But this surprised me because I don't see Sox fans as like drunken buffoons. I've been to so many games in the course of my life. I've only once seen somebody really ridiculously drunk. I see people really drunk at Wrigley Field all the time. Uh, how do you feel about this list? Are you proud? Uh, what are your feelings? It's it is so nice to be number one in something. Uh, granted, I don't. I am very unaware of how they went about getting this information. Like, what games did yeah. they go to? Were they there on a on a day where there was where there was like forty thousand people there? You know, or were they were there on a day where it's like two thousand? But I do. But the the one of the funniest things is is that um I could I believe it. I could believe it absolutely um, that we drink a lot. I believe that White Sox fans do hold their alcohol more than uh, well, any other fans. That's not at the bottom that we're also the biggest lightweight drinkers. How are we the biggest drinkers, but also the biggest lightweight? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But we also were, we were number three. We were number three in uh, tailgating. And I guess like right. six, uh, 67% of White Sox fans reported to have been drunk before the game starts. That's, and then 49%. Oh man, the tailgate to... parking lot game is top. Oh, it's great. 49% of White Sox fans reported to have likely missed some of or all of the game due to drinking too much. <laughs> See, that that actually surprises me, though. I, I, don't, I don't feel like I've experienced that. And I've been to a lot of games. Well, I that's, mean, why you, that's why you and I are doing a podcast and writing about right. the White Sox. Exactly. I mean, you know, I think I think when I was a kid, I would go to anywhere from like you know, 10 to 15 games a year. And I did that, you know, every year for, you know, most of my life. I, I, I'm i in the hundreds of Sox games in my Same. life. I've, I've really never had that experience. But, you know, what do I know? Um, all right, Bill, let's wrap it up. Start for the bottom nine, a segment we call the bottom nine, where we just talk about a bunch of other stuff just to get it all out there. We love all sports, uh, including baseball, but let's start off really quick. We talked about Jackie Bradley Jr. going to Milwaukee. That's a little bit of a bummer, but I think he's a good fit there. Uh, I want to talk about the Cubs for a second. I feel like they could have done a lot more this offseason. I don't think they got an, enough uh, prospect capital in return for their trades. Uh, you know, I wonder if they're going to be forced to make moves they don't want to make uh, as the deadline approaches because they waited this long. You know, Chris Bryant, Wilson Contreras, I mean, they're they're probably not coming back long term. How do you feel about the Cubs prospects going forward? I think they're gonna they're gonna sell. I mean, the prospects they gotta they have to they didn't get enough in the uh, U Darvish deal. At least I don't think um, they. Uh, I think they found themselves in a spot where they regretted trading away some pieces, maybe, and then realized, oh, maybe we can we still have a shot at winning, but then didn't yeah. trade. So. So I, I they they're gonna have to sell, and I really hope they sell it to the White Sox, uh, Hendricks. I would love to see Chris Bryant play right field. Oh, that'd be great, <laughs> a lot of fun. Although my actual dream trade with the Cubs would be for Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, He'd that'd be great. Highly underrated and would fit right into this organization. Um, I, these there's some Chicago Bears rumors going around. Deshaun Watson obviously has been floated for a while. Russell Wilson named the White Sox the team he'd like to come to, and apparently today said, "Wait, the White Sox? You mean the Bears? The Bears? I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna say, I'm whoa, that'd be great. 
And it's the south side of Chicago, baby. Uh, no, Russell Wilson wants to come to the Bears as one of the four teams he listed. And he said today, apparently, his relationship with Seattle is irreparable. How do you feel about that? Do you think the Bears are going to do something? Kyle Long uh, tweeted he thinks the Bears are going to make a big splash. I think they will. I think they're going to trade for one of those guys. And I think uh, I think Texas doesn't want to get rid of Deshaun Watson, but Deshaun Watson wants to get out of Texas. Um, I think they're going to offer up a lot for Deshaun Watson, and they should do that. Uh, they should get rid of. They should. They should send Kevin White. They should send uh, guys in there that they picked first round in the last three years that haven't shown up for Deshaun Watson. Maybe another first round pick. But um, Deshaun Watson's twenty five, twenty six, right? You'll get a few. You'll get some years out of him. Uh, Russell Wilson's still a good quarterback at thirty two. He'll have a shorter contract. Obviously, uh, he'll be worth less. Uh, so the Bears, if they if they're looking to give up a lot, go for Deshaun Watson. If they're not. Bring in Russell Wilson. I have no problem with either one of them. Well, I mean, listen, Kevin White was released like two years ago, but I would have loved that deal. Oh, yeah. No, but, you know, for me, I'm, I read this really great piece that, that, that talked about how, you know, if there's a team that's desperate to make a move for a quarterback, it's the Bears. And Houston, I think, would be really dumb not to take advantage of that. The, the Bears will probably be willing to give up more than any other team because they need to. And the Bears... If anybody in the league needs a quarterback, it's them. The Bears would be really dumb not to. If they've gone this far in on Khalil Mack, you might as well go that far in on a quarterback too. Just knock it all out of the park, finish it up, put yourself in contention right away. Uh, Billy, the Bulls are surging. Zach Levine is an all-star. He's been dominating. They're only a game and a half out of the playoffs. Uh, I think they're one of the most underrated teams. They've lost more games by less than five points than anyone in the league. Uh, how do you see the season ending for them? Uh, I, I really think they're going to uh, probably take that last playoff spot. I think them. I, I feel like they're going to do it. I feel like they're going to do it. Do you want it. that to happen or would you rather see them sell assets? I want that to happen. I want them to get to the playoffs. I, I, I'm not with you on that because I don't think that this is a team that can compete on the long term. But uh, I, I have to say I was all on the sell Zach Levine train not too long ago, and I am all about him right now. You can't, not after he scores 30 points I mean, I, a I, game. What is the most impressive about him is that step-back three-point jumper. It's just unbelievable. He hits it seven times out of ten. I I mean, it's just unbelievable. What We're so lucky to have him. I really hope that between him and Kobe White and Patrick Williams, the Bulls know how to build around those guys. Um, the Blackhawks have won seven of ten, Bill. They look awesome. What are your thoughts on the Hawks? They they look really good. Can they go all the way? Are they a championship um, team? No, I think they're too young. Okay. But I but I I do think that they they're starting to look really good, and I think they can be competitors at least. Uh, and if they do go all the way, great! I love it. Yeah, me too. It looks it's a lot of fun to watch them play. Uh, NBA All Star Game is on, and it's happening. Uh, a lot of players are upset about it, but they're doing it anyway, so as not to be fined. What are your thoughts? Um. I, I, you know, I, I gotta be honest. I have no thoughts. Indifferent. <laughs> Indifferent. Yeah, I, mean, I guess you could kind of put me in the same boat. I just, I want what's best for the safety of the players, but at the same time, you know, I, it, what's becoming clear is that we have a really good grasp on spread of the coronavirus and, you know, the NBA of, of all of the leagues, the NBA might, might be doing better than anyone in handling it. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, and, you know, last really quick, just want to touch on this big Ben coming back to Pittsburgh. And the Steelers, do you think I that's mean, a good move? Are you pleased with that? He's so old. He's so old. 
He's so old. Why? You know what? I wait. Correction. I was thinking of Wims, not White, not Kevin White. I was thinking of Wims, who was not first round. Oh, obviously, Stephon Wims. Oh man, yeah, but Get off our team, yeah, wow. but trade him. Yeah, that's what but, I was thinking of. Oh, man, he's a he's a cancer. Man, that guy's maybe not. Yeah. A, that might have been a little. Yeah, I will just say he. If there's any player on the Bears that disappointed me more than anyone else, it was him. His Absolutely. behavior on the field, not once but twice. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Oh man, I mean, you know, you, you're a pro. You gotta, you gotta be better than that. You cost, you may have cost the Bears two wins this year. Yeah. Um. All right, Billy. Uh, we're out of time. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Tune in next time because we have a really special episode. Uh, we're having a couple guests on. Uh, for those of you who are Southside Sox regulars, uh, Will and Lee Allen, who are the father and son duo. Will, an old actor friend of mine, Lee, uh, the resident geezer, and one of my favorite people on the planet Earth, uh, huge Sox fans. They had me on as a guest for their podcast uh, a few months back, and it uh, is what launched me into my relationship with Southside Sox. And uh, thanks to them, I now have this podcast with my best friend, Bill Mainke, Bill Mainke, and we're going to have the Allens on to come and chat with us about baseball, what's coming up this year. We're really excited about it. These guys are brilliant baseball minds. We cannot wait to talk to them. Uh, we cannot wait to have you with us for that. Um, so uh, that's it for this week. I have been Bobby. I have been Bill. And we really appreciate your company. Wear a mask, take care of each other, and we will see you next time. Later, Sox fans!